from ABC7 New York, this is Eyewitness News Extra Time. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. I'm Joe Torres. The federal government today busted dozens of NYCHA workers in one of the biggest corruption scandals to hit public housing. 70 New York City Public Housing Authority employees charged in the largest single-day bribery takedown in the history of the Justice Department. The allegations involved nearly one-third of NYCHA's 2,400 buildings in New York. The workers accused of taking $2 million in kickbacks from contractors. The U.S. Attorney's Office calls it a classic pay-to-play. Eyewitness News reporter Kimberly Richardson has the story from Lower Manhattan. There are nearly 100 dots on this on this uh, this board right here. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams says represents NYCHA complexes in the five boroughs. There are 335 where classic pay-to-play schemes were the norm. Officials maintain these current and former employees allegedly use their jobs to line their pockets with money through backdoor deals. Here at the Wald Houses in the East Village, Assistant Super Danny Muniz allegedly took home 3000 in cash. Lillian has lived here for nearly five decades. There's a lot of things that's going on and they don't care. The alleged activity dates back to 2013, but this morning their house of cards came crashing down. Law enforcement arrested 66 people in six states. A total of 70 are named in the complaint. Authorities maintain the defendants use their power as supers and assistant supers to exploit the no-bid process or so-called micro-purchases for jobs under $10,000. Things like plumbing and window repairs. But according to court documents, before a contractor could get the job or be paid for doing the work, they would have to give that NYCHA employee a cut. And many contractors paid these bribes because if they didn't, the defendants would give these jobs to someone else. Officials point out NYCHA has recently been in the hot seat. In 2021 and the following year, the City Department of Investigation made recommendations after it found problems with contractors at city complexes in Brooklyn. There were reforms made to the micro-purchase process. They, in our view, did not go far enough, and I think the fact that we're here today shows that they did not go far enough. Officials stress senior leadership at NYCHA was unaware of what was going on still. The agency has now agreed to a new set of 14 recommendations by the DOE. It's also encouraging any contractors who may have been ripped off to step forward. Listen to this. One retired super who once worked at a NYCHA complex in Brooklyn. She allegedly accepted $15,000 in bribes, calling all of this, quote, her side hustle. In Lower Manhattan, Kimberly Richardson, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. And we are following some breaking news. It's happening on Capitol Hill. In a dramatic vote tonight in the House, lawmakers right now are deciding whether to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. It is not clear if House Republicans have enough support for the very latest. ABC's M. Wynn joins us from Washington with the story. Hello, M. 
Hey, Joe, good evening to you tonight. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas could become the first cabinet official impeached in almost 150 years. Actually, right now the voting has begun. We're taking a look at it here. The magic number is 215 for Republicans to actually pass these articles of impeachment. It's through a resolution on the floor right now. Uh, it's not quite at that number. So we're going to continue to watch this as we take a look at whether or not the uh, secretary will be impeached. We know that Democrats have called this effort a political stunt. House Republicans have accused Mayorkas of willfully refusing to enforce immigration laws and of lying to Congress that the border is secure. This vote comes as Mayorkas played a key role in negotiating the new bipartisan border and foreign aid bill, which includes $20 billion for border security, $60 billion for Ukraine, and $14 billion for Israel. But this bill is on the brink of collapse after former President Trump rallied Republicans against it, and Speaker Mike Johnson declared it was dead on arrival in the House. President Biden today forcefully pointing the finger at his predecessor, saying the only reason this bill won't pass and that the border won't be more secure is Donald Trump himself. Now, despite the House voting right now to impeach uh, Mayorkas, whether or not that actually comes through, we understand that the Democratic-controlled Senate is certain to acquit him. Joe. And this goes either one of two ways, either it passes or it doesn't pass us pass. Can you walk us through the scenarios of both and what would happen next? Right. Probably in the next few seconds, we will learn whether or not he will be impeached. Let's say he is impeached. That will um, automatically have those articles of impeachment sent over to the Senate. That would trigger a trial. Now, leaders in the Senate have yet to say whether or not they're going to be dismissing the charges outright or going to be holding a full trial. In that case, it may take days. It may take weeks to actually finish the full trial. And at the end of that, ultimately, two thirds of the Senate would then have to convince Mayorkas, if these articles of impeachment actually get to the Senate uh, sometime tonight or in the next day or so, uh, it's very unlikely for the Democratic-controlled Senate to actually uh, convict him of something. So we are going to be watching this very closely. He is almost certainly going to be acquitted in the Senate and in the House. Of course, we're still watching the tally right now. And M, quickly, if it doesn't get to 215, then this is over for the time being? This is over for the time being. We certainly have heard from Democrats time and time again saying that uh, the Republicans are trying to get Mayorkas to do something where he doesn't have the resources for it. And that's why they're pushing for this border security package to go through, because then that would ramp up provisions at the border in, in case uh, for the future. Mm -hmm. So Mayorkas can actually be able to do his job. That's what Democrats are saying at this time. All right, Em, a comprehensive breakdown. We'll keep an eye on the vote. Thank you so very very much. Let's get a break now and take a look at the exclusive AccuWeather forecast. And that's meteorologist Jeff Smith. What is it, day four now of some sun Full with more to come? sunshine, and that trend will continue during the week, along with a warming trend as well starting tomorrow. Today was the chilliest day of the week, only getting up to about 42 for a high, and the wind making it feel even colder. 39 right now in the city. You're talking about numbers in the middle 30s, Poughkeepsie and Newburgh right now, 37 on the east end at Montauk, where you have had a little bit more in the way of cloud cover. There's a storm way offshore, circulation around it, providing a little bit of cloud cover to the very far eastern tip of Long Island. Even some ocean effect snow there showing up on radar over Cape Cod. So with that slightly onshore flow and the fact that we have a new moon coming up later on in the week on Friday specifically, we do have tides running higher than normal. 
and there could be a half a foot to a foot of inundation in vulnerable spots as we head into tomorrow morning's high tide cycle. So we're talking about Monmouth County, Ocean County, also into the south shore of Nassau County, particularly back bay areas. Could be some minor coastal flooding at the time of high tide for the Wednesday morning high tide cycle. And that's why we have a coastal flood advisory in those areas. Down to 32 in the city overnight tonight, 20s in the normally colder suburbs. Tomorrow, there we go. The warm up begins 47 for a high and then well into the 50s. We could be talking about near record warmth by the weekend. Also, we've kind of eliminated that rain chance Friday into Saturday. It's very low, maybe a spotty shower, but something more interesting may be brewing for early next week. We'll detail that in your AccuWeather seven day forecast coming up. Joe. All right, Jeff, thank you. And as we continue with eyewitness news, extra time, the countdown to the Super Bowl is on. The players and tens of thousands of fans are already in Las Vegas. And remembering Toby Keith, and his impact on country music next. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. That there, one of the many great songs put together and produced and sung by that larger-than-life country figure, Toby Keith. If you've never heard the songs in his catalog, treat yourself because they are absolutely amazing. We remember Toby Keith tonight following his death at the age of 62 in his home state of Oklahoma. He announced in the summer of 2022 that doctors diagnosed him with stomach cancer. ABC's Rena Roy has more on Toby Keith's life and the tribute from his loyal fans. Country superstar Toby Keith first hit radio waves in the early 90s. I should have been a cowboy. His debut single, Should Have Been a Cowboy, shooting to number one on the country charts. And that was just the beginning. Over the decades, Keith remaining a mainstay in the country music world, selling more than 40 million albums. The Oklahoma native had 20 singles go to the top of the charts in the U.S., including How You Like Me Now and I Want to Talk About Me. I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one on my after 9-11, Keith releasing courtesy of the red, white, and blue, The Angry American. The song written in memory of Keith's father, who lost his eye during his tenure in the army, supported America's invasion in Iraq. And a decade later, Keith coming out with this smash hit, Red Solo Cup. Red Solo Cup. Fill you up. Let's have a party. Back in 2022, Keith diagnosed with stomach cancer and was receiving chemo, radiation, and surgery, speaking out about his difficult treatment. This is a roller coaster, and it takes a little while to get your brain wrapped around it. And then um, you get to a point where you just say, hey, this is what I do, and you can't let it define you know, your future. Toby Keith was 62 years old, a statement on his ex page saying he died peacefully, surrounded by family and fought his fight with grace and courage. Rena Roy for Channel 7 Eyewitness News.
The Broadway League announced the lights of the Great White Way will dim on Saturday in memory of Tony Award winning actress Cheetah Rivera. The lights will remain dim for one minute starting at 7.45 p.m. Rivera's Broadway career spanned seven decades. She starred in several shows, including West Side Story, Bye Bye Birdie, and Chicago. In 2018, she earned a Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement. Rivera died last Tuesday. She was 91 years old. And as we continue with Eyewitness News, extra time. Tough times for the food bank for New York City as more and more needy people rely on the services it provides. Welcome back to Extra Time. Food insecurity in New York City, it is a growing problem. Food banks nationwide are struggling to meet the need for food assistance. Economic challenges forced food banks to cut back on services as inflation caused prices to climb for so many food items. And here in our area, food centers that already see high demand now face an additional concern, the growing number of migrants in need. For this week's edition of Tiempo, we spoke to Leslie Gordon. She is the president and CEO of the Food Bank for New York City, the largest hunger relief organization in the five boroughs. Leslie, I, uh, we have you here because uh, these are some tough times for you guys. Uh, I know that the people you serve and the organization, you get your funding largely, some of it, right from Albany. And each year you've, you've got to plead with lawmakers we do, we up do. there. Yeah. Uh, and the current budget proposal includes less financing for the food bank. Uh, what, what changes does that force you to make? Yeah, um, Joe, so in this, uh, the draft budget yes. from the governor, there's a pretty substantial cut, mm. somewhere in the order of more than $20 million of support for really critical anti-hunger programs in the governor's budget. Mm -hmm. And how that trickles down to New York City is that it comes through us and it helps programs that are part of our network okay. serve our New York City neighbors, making sure that they have all the good nutritious food they need. But Leslie, do you guys go through this, if you will, song and dance every year where the budget comes out, it's a draft proposal, you increase your lobbying in Albany to say, here's money that we need and why? There is a little bit of a, a magical dance that happens okay. on an annual basis. This this year in particular, though, the cuts are, are grave and mm -hmm. deeper than they've been in a really long time. And that hits us at a time and place where we're seeing demand mm -hmm. the highest I've ever seen. I've been in this business for about 20 years, okay. and it's honestly the highest it's ever been that I've seen. And to what do you attribute that? You know, it's a combination of things. Here in New York City, we've seen an increase in asylum seekers. Of course. Right, since spring of 22, there's more than 160,000 mm. asylum seekers. Yes. Venezuela, Nicaragua. Ecuador. Haiti, mm -hmm. Ecuador, and the like. Um, folks who are fleeing, you know, some crisis-laden situations, yes. making their way to our great city that we've opened our doors to so many people over time. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is inflation, unemployment, underemployment. You know, wages are just not keeping pace with the cost of living. Mm -hmm. Can you bring all of those stats and information to Albany and sort of hold it under the nose of lawmakers and say, you've got these drastic cuts at a time when our need is greatest. And 
the sustainability, I don't know if it ever comes into question, but perhaps you have to put it in those stark terms. We can and we'll continue to talk to, right. to lawmakers as we always do. What's really helpful is that we have New York City and metro area residents talking to lawmakers, letting them know that they also believe that this support is critically important. Mm -hmm. It could be your neighbor, it could be a colleague at work, it might even be you. Yeah. And so you can visit us at foodbanknyc.org backslash advocate to yeah. learn more about how you can talk to your lawmakers. Is there a, a link there that you can click on to, to, to add a name to in terms of a petition or something? There's a letter that you can yes. sign on to uh, and some phone numbers where you can call your lawmakers mm -hmm. and, and talk to them about how you feel about it. Does it force you, Leslie, and your staff there uh, to to perhaps get a little bit more creative in terms of funding or reach out to sources or to people that you, perhaps you haven't reached out before? We've got an amazingly creative and talented <laughs> okay. team and uh, we're talking to folks across you know all the typical channels, corporations, yeah. foundations, private donors and, and government. Mm -hmm. uh, our support comes from a mix, but this is really important and it's not just about New York City. This budget has an impact statewide mm -hmm. when it comes to those cuts. Okay. Yeah. If I looked correctly, I said uh, that you guys also monitor member organizations. I mean, are these are these organizations that you work with or alongside or under your umbrella that you sort of monitor how things are going for them and and you give them. I guess some guidance, some navigation, if you will, uh, in terms of how to get through these tough times. Yeah, so we're at the heart of a network of nearly 800 on the ground partners, nearly every street, nearly every neighborhood across the city, and they partner with us to get food directly into the hands of people who need it. Right. And so we're constantly partnering with them to coach on how do you manage your inventory, mm -hmm. how do you handle the increase in demand. Right. Yeah. Provide expertise where you can. For much more on the needs of the Food Bank for New York City and how you can help, that's so critical, tune in to Tiempo this Sunday morning at 11.30 on Channel 7. As we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, yet another day of clear skies, but a shower is on the way. How much longer can we keep the clouds away? Meteorologist Jeff Smith has the answer in his exclusive AccuWeather forecast when we return. Breaking news, an update to the story we were just talking about a few minutes ago. The House of Representatives voted down the Republican effort to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The final vote was 216 opposed, 214 in favor. Can't get much closer than that. All Democrats united to vote against the resolution. The House Speaker, Mike Johnson, announced the vote tally just about nine minutes ago at 6.45 p.m. Representative Blake Moore of Utah did file a motion to reconsider. All right, the Super Bowl is just five days away, and the home of the Super Bowl this year, Las Vegas, already has more frenzy than usual from the players travis kelsey to those highly anticipated commercials here's abc's andrew dimbert super bowl mania kicked off in las vegas last night it was a media day unlike any other this is probably the most people i've seen on an opening ceremony night Twenty-three thousand fans packing into allegiant stadium as reporters interviewed the players can you guess which one got the most attention what a time to be alive baby Travis Kelsey attracted a bigger crowd than his all-star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. 
and most of the questions not about football. She's unbelievable. She's uh, she's rewriting the history books herself. The Chiefs tight end was bombarded with questions about his girlfriend, Taylor Swift, one day after her big win at the Grammys. I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home some hardware too. Reporters asking him if he's heard her new album. Um, I have heard some of it, yes, and it is unbelievable. I can't wait for uh, her to shake up the world when it finally drops. What his favorite Taylor Swift song is. Right now I'd probably say anti anti-hero just because I hear it every single day. And wondering if there may be more than than one ring presented this Sunday night. I'm focused on getting this ring, and that's uh, that's that's all that my mind's focused on right now. Vegas weddings are out of control, absolutely insane. I don't know if I'll ever have a Vegas wedding. With Swifties joining football fans to watch the big game, advertisers are preparing for a record audience. It's a big commercial. Tell them what it's due. This year's Super Bowl ads are all about celebrities, the Beckhams for Uber Eats. I feel good. And Jeremy Renner, one year after his snowplow accident, in a commercial for Silk. But with Swift Nation expected to be glued to the screen, expect to see more products marketed to women. That's suspicious. Makeup brand NYX is teaming up with Cardi B for its first Super Bowl ad. We're seeing new brands jump in now like we haven't seen. The moment is too unique and too special for them not to, to take advantage of it and for them to sit on the sidelines anymore. I've been summoned. A 30-second Super Bowl commercial costs up to $7 million this year. Andrew Dimbert, ABC News, New York. And, and by the way, the 49ers play the Kansas City Chiefs. In oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> There's that as well. Minor details. Jeff, I've been watching your forecast for the last couple of days, yep. and the numbers for Saturday started earlier in the week at 52, right. then 54, then 57. What are you up to now? 59 degrees? You're paying close attention. We're yep. going 59 now. There we go. So the trend is our friend for Saturday, and that would be within two degrees of a record that was set. Get this one last year. Mm. Here's a look outside right now toward Midtown. Clear skies out there, 39. Feels more like 36 with a north wind coming at about five or so miles per hour. 42 is our high after a morning low of 29. That's exactly one degree above average for this time of the year. Sun goes down at 519 p.m. 38 at Newark right now. 33, your number at White Plains, you're 31. So you've fallen below freezing at Sussex all the way down to Morristown. 35 down the shore at Belmar and on the island at Islip. And speaking of Long Island, again, the eastern part of, say, the Twin Forks, a little bit of cloud cover, and you can have that from time to time overnight tonight. Even first thing tomorrow morning, maybe a little bit of cloud cover. Eastern Long Island down over parts of the Jersey Shore. Lower 30s in the city, 20s in the suburbs. But for all of us, sunshine increasing during the day from the city and points north and west is wall-to-wall sunshine. Temperatures getting back up into the middle and upper 40s. Even warmer yet on Thursday, you'll see our wind switch from a north-northeasterly direction to more of a southwesterly direction later in the day Thursday. And that'll get our numbers to get up to about the 50-degree mark in many spots. Now, we've been talking about the possibility of a shower late in the week. However, our latest guidance shows, yeah, the system approaching us on Friday uh, morning with a line of showers over Pennsylvania. But look, they disappear as they move on through the tri-state area. So Friday just may be dry. We will have more cloud cover than sunshine, maybe a spotty shower Saturday, but that's our day where we could be nearing record highs. Mainly clear and chilly overnight. Tonight we're down to 32 in Midtown, 20s in many suburbs. Again, patchy clouds at times over eastern parts of Long Island. Plenty of sunshine, a bit milder tomorrow afternoon, 47, so 5 degrees warmer than today. Patchy clouds tomorrow night. We're back down into the middle 30s. Here's your AccuWeather 7-day forecast. Mild out there, sun and some high clouds on Thursday, 50, 52 on Friday uh, with a Mild blend of clouds and sun. The record Saturday, 61. That was set in 2023. Yes, we're going 59 for a high, despite the fact that there still might be more clouds than sunshine. Super Bowl Sunday looking nice, 55, blend of sun and clouds. And then we have to watch a system emerging from the middle Atlantic coast on Monday night. 
could provide a rain changing over to snow scenario into early Tuesday morning, something that will come within clear focus during the next few days. We'll send it back over to you, Joe. We do pay attention for sure. All right, Jeff, All right. thank you. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Joe Torres. A reminder, Extra Time, by the way, is now a podcast. You can listen to this show as well as past shows on the go. Search Extra Time at ABC7NY or wherever you stream your podcasts. We're back live for Eyewitness News at 11 o'clock. We hope to see you then. Have a good night.